0: Called challenge 2.0 bring people of different faiths together and you're likely to hear vastly different views expressed about who or what God is or is not in this episode of challenge 2.0 we decided to do just that to bring together different faith leaders from Christianity Judaism and Islam to explore the question of what they believe we get wrong about God or Allah and why it matters so if you joined us last week, uh, these three gentlemen are very familiar to you, but in case they are not, uh, let me introduce them. Rabbi Olivier Ben Chaim from uh, Bed-Alef Meditative Synagogue, thank you for joining us. Uh, Imam Jamal Rahman from Northwest Interfaith Amigos and Pastor Dave Brown, also of Northwest Interfaith Amigos. Thanks so much, it's, we said this last week, I'll repeat myself, they can always edit this out. It's so nice to be sitting in the same room with each of you.
1: Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. And to feel your good energy. Well, last week we tackled the very uh, difficult subject of loneliness. We thought we'd dial back our ambition and uh, instead just look at what we get wrong about God and why that matters. So uh, I don't think that's really dialing back. It's a very <laughs> difficult question, but I think uh, Is the effort to understand God something that only matters to people in your positions as faith leaders or to theologians, or does it really matter to all of us? Does that have a key impact on our lives? And Olivier, I might begin with you on that.
2: I think I'm going to start with uh, with a quote, one of the most powerful teachings that I I have come across in in those many years that um, That says God does not exist God is existence itself Mm. Um, And and your question really brought that for me because uh, Is the is understanding what God is? uh, Relevant to people that are not Mm -hmm. uh, in in the line of work. We are well, for me, it's like if you want to understand existence, mm-hmm. which obviously everybody is a part of, then it's a, it's a, natural, um, a, a, it's a nar- natural thing to, to do to try to really understand what spirit with a capital S, presence with a capital P, uh, truly is as it is what I am. So absolutely, for me, that would be critical. Critical. Jamal?
1: You know, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. he had this wonderful, we call it hadith, hadith been saying of the Prophet Mm -hmm. Muhammad. He said, you know, no matter what the religious authority, religious judge tells you about anything about God, invisible world, always, or first, consult your heart. Mm -hmm. Because really understanding God, who is total mystery, absolute mystery, uh, mind cannot fathom it, Mm -hmm. maybe the heart can sense it. That's why there's a wonderful Islamic saying, in these matters, move from a knowledge of the tongue to a knowledge of the heart. Mm -hmm. Connecting with God is actually an experience, uh, which we all need, all of us. Mm -hmm. And it goes way beyond what theologians say, uh, these uh, scholars say. If you have to consult anyone, you know, the Islamic uh, teachers say, consult a mystic who has really gone deep into a personal experience Mm -hmm of that great mystery. Because there's another very very famous saying, he or she who tastes knows. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're living on what is called borrowed certainty.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Dave. I think the question of God is crucial for people beyond people on our line of work, because it really is about, well, Is there something more or why are we here? What does it mean to be human? And I think the growth of the spiritual but not religious in American society is that religious teachers have not necessarily given answers about what God is, what that word means. Mm -hmm. And so they've left religious institutions, but they're not willing to forfeit the sense of transcendence or mystery that is encompassed in the word, but saying, I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. The theologian that kicked me towards the church instead of teaching poetry uh, was Paul Tillich, Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. countered the Protestant reform notion of of supernatural theism, God up there coming down on us manipulating things or taking a nap once in a while, to the sense of God being, in Tillich's words, a ground of being, Mm -hmm. or God being existence itself. Or a friend of mine, um, the late Marcus Borg, who said we need to move to a sense of panentheism, Mm -hmm. not pantheism, which is God is everything, But panentheism, God is in everything, yet a mystery that is more than everything. Mm -hmm. And I use the word mystery heavy here. So I think people are very curious about the word God but are afraid of it. And I think to many when they associate it with a guy in the sky, it's a ridiculous notion. You know, they, they they think we still believe there's a firmament and on the other side there are cities and buildings and somebody managing things. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about, yet I don't, even in this time, hear that spoken of in that many faith communities or that redefinition of God is
0: beyond being. So that brings up the question, should our ideas of God change through our life? And I guess what some people might find upsetting about that is that does God maybe change? So, what are your views? Uh, should our ideas change over
1: time? You know, the wonderful saying that uh, we do not see things as they are, we see things as we are. Mm-hmm. So, when my level of consciousness goes higher, when I become more evolved as a human being, I just begin to have a deeper sense uh, of what is God. So, for example, you know, the Quran says God is zahir and Batin outside of you and inside of you. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, in my last few decades, I've become more aware of, yes, God is outside of me, of course, and I have to be of service to really connect with God. Mm -hmm. That makes my uh, soul joyful. But God is also inside of me in the innermost chambers of my heart. Mm -hmm. And I have to do the work of removing the veils between human heart and the divine heart by going beyond my ego continuously, removing those veils, becoming more pure, pure, uh, purifying my heart, uh, polishing my heart so the face of Allah is reflected in that. So for me, I've become more aware of that inner work of connecting to God. You know, there's a wonderful Bengali uh, poet, Tagore, who says, uh, why has my devotee wandered to seek me, forsaking me? Because I, like Rumi says, uh, Rumi has this uh, utterance. He says, beloved one, this is God saying, I have been with you since the beginning of you. If you don't find me inside of you, you will never find me. Mm. And that for me is a great realization.
2: I, I think to your question, I think that the the notion or the apprehension of what God is does evolve. It has evolved. Uh, over the millennia of human existence. Mm-hmm. But that is also reflected in our individual evolutions. Mm-hmm. So th- there, is a, there is a space and time for any different kind of God. Um, as, as little children, and we're, we're heading towards the, the season of miracles uh, at the time of, of our taping this. Um, you know, th- there's something really natural for a little kid mm-hmm. to believe in a Santa Claus-like God right there's this, this magical sense of the, the of the world that children are very in tune with the magical sense of the universe and, and of their life within within it you know so you have the tooth fairy you have all of those mythical being that surrounds a child and that's in the, that's a that's a modality of understanding spirit of mm-hmm. understanding uh, of understanding god it's just a different name uh, but as we evolve, we also move towards uh, different yearnings and different needs we have as individuals. So, so I, I remember in, in, in the stage of teenage years, teenagers are uh, are, are start with wanting to be very much uh, accepted in the circles which uh, in, where they evolve so religion that has a God that gives uh, you a path that is somewhat strict that is someone uh, somewhat very guided that can be very helpful for uh, somebody at the beginning of their teenage time because they have a they have a path to follow and that's very useful and then as you move beyond that and you you, you become more and more of an individual, you individuate from, uh, from, the, from the collective, then you need to find a different kind of relationship, a different kind of God. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we have not done historically um, a good job at, tr- as, at evolving God into those more individuating times of either human life or humanity as a whole. Mm-hmm. We have left God really uh, at the teenage years. At the conformist years of our evolution, and so we've we've been we've been uh, we've been steeped in a, in a god that is a. Uh, an under, a teenager understanding of God, and so as we have grown up as adults, we look back at that God and we say well, we don't want to have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's not relevant to me as an adult, as someone who who has grown beyond that that understanding. Just that it wouldn't be ma- it wouldn't make any sense for any one of us mm-hmm. to believe in God that is like a Santa Claus. You know, that's that works at a certain time in a certain place. But we transcend and we evolve that. So I think we are, um, we have. You know, God has been suffering from uh, arrested development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there has been this, this, that has happened for God. And we, all of us, need to be doing a better job to evolve God beyond, beyond that, so that he, there could be a relationship with spirit, with mm-hmm. source, however we want to call it, that is relevant to all, every stages of our lives. And the word God I- is a metaphor
3: that which which is eternal and beyond us and all of those other words that that is mystery uh, and it's sort of sort of as a book i've read uh, recently we can't actually see love but we talk about love and so love is some somewhat of a metaphorical word mm-hmm. for a bunch of different emotions and god does that as well i think religious institutions that i grew up in didn't give me permission to evolve mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i had God was not a path. Jesus was not the way. Jesus was um, for spiritual laws. Uh, God was not a mystery, but God was very defined. Mm -hmm. And so if you grew and were on a faith journey, you were in trouble because you could journey away from the absolute truth. But if now, if you're on a journey and trust the way and do it in, in community, the love will find you. And the love will grow. Mm -hmm. But uh, religious leaders are often afraid of that. My journey to interfaith is very improbable from where I was as a young life, 16-year-old that believed in four spiritual laws, and that's the only way. And my sense of God has become so much more real and my faith so much deeper because of my interfaith colleagues.
1: You know, that's why I love the saying of the Islamic mystics about God and the invisible world sell your cleverness and buy bewilderment. Yes. Cleverness might be opinion, judgment. Bewilderment might be naked vision. So maybe all just be immersed in awe and wonder.
0: Olivia, you used the term uh, arrested development. Yes. Uh, is there a way then? That can gently be applied to help such people move
2: hmm. that's a difficult question because because um, it, it's not just one way or one thing that mm-hmm. is going to support someone uh, continuing to grow and evolve and expand their consciousness mm-hmm. uh, usually I, I have found that it's often oftentimes... Uh, dozens of different things that suddenly show up in one's life—a mm-hmm. book, a meeting, s- uh, an encounter mm-hmm. with someone, uh, something, uh, a video—you w- know. There's all kinds of input that has to uh, to to happen for someone to go. Oh, maybe there's maybe I could I could think about it uh, from a different from a different place, mm-hmm. and a different perspective. So I, I don't think any one—I mean, I, I wish any one of us had the. Oh, that's the way we're going to do it for everyone. Um, it doesn't happen like that. And it also has to come from place where the person, wherever they are, is also open and available. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that cannot be coerced, you know, just like love cannot be coerced to, 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 to be able to make yourself available to receiving a different something else mm-hmm. um, is, is, is the quintessential First step on any journey. Uh, So, I I don't think there is any magic uh, formula that anyone can use.
1: But there's a very important uh, point I want to make here. Uh, One's understanding, views about God can really be colored by one's life circumstances. Mm -hmm. If one's life has been savaged because of rape, because uh, somebody, you know, a family member was murdered, Mm -hmm. so there. Connection with God, their understanding of God, their views of God, is really deeply colored by that. So, for example, in my uh, work, I have encountered people who have come and said, you know, uh, one person said my daughter was murdered, mm-hmm. another person uh, was raped, uh, incest, etc., etc. Very difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. I will do work with you, uh, Jamal, on one condition: never mention God. Mm. So we did the work of just, you know. Normal healing with their uh, working with the perpetrator in the invisible world. And then the next step was can I express my outrage, my, my rage with God? I said, God is your ultimate beloved, you know, you don't need permission from me. If, you know, God is your ultimate beloved, you could be totally vulnerable with God. What I wanted to tell you was these people, after they expressed their deepest anger, fury towards God, mm-hmm. these same people became the greatest lovers of God. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the greatest mystery. I mm-hmm. always joke and say, you know, and I, I mean it very sincerely. When I meet these people, I get so shocked by the transformation in a very loving way. But I always stay away because if I meet them, they're always talking about God, 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 God. There's a very famous Sufi uh, song that says, you know, Allah <laughs> Hame, Allah wallo se bachaye meaning, oh, God, save me from all these God lovers. (laughs) (laughs) But the transformation that I've seen because of their very willingness to be vulnerable, expressing their deepest anger, sadness, anguish to their most ultimate beloved brought them closest Mm -hmm. to that great mystery.
0: So if God is a mystery, and I've heard each of you say that in different ways, Why do we argue about God so much, then?
3: (laughs) We can count to three and all say ego at the same time.
1: (laughs) But you know, Brother Jeff, that's a very good, very good point. Why do we argue? You know, the Quran has a verse that says, oh, human beings, you're argumentative. Mm -hmm. And then the Islamic mystics say, you know, what is all this unnecessary debate about God? And I love Rumi who gives this metaphor. Debating about God is like a bird, that ties a knot around its legs and unties it. Makes the knot even more complex and unties it. Makes it even more complex and unties it to show off its strange skill. Mm-hmm. Forgetting the point is to escape. We forget that, you see. Yeah. So why do we argue about God is Trinity or just, you know, whatever you call it. We say, Muslims say Allah is one, one, one. You know, all the monotheistic traditions say that. But do we really know what that means? If I really believe that, Would I mistreat you? Would I have meanness in my heart if I really understood that? So it's just words that I'm saying, but I'm just parroting what my scripture says. Mm -hmm. Do I mean that? Do I live that? So arguing about God, whether it has 10 arms or 20 or trillion arms, uh, none of us know. None of us know. So your point about why do you argue about God, that's the last thing we should argue about, because we know absolutely nothing about God.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure we are even arguing about God. I think we are arguing uh, uh, amongst each other as the right way to get <laughs> to God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, one of the metaphors that I like is, is uh, you know, there, there is a mountain in every tradition. But you know, so I'm going to quote just Mount Sinai as part of my tradition. But the image that I uh, often have is that all of our faith traditions are encamped at the foot of the mountain, mm-hmm. and all of us want to follow moses or wh- whoever your teacher is uh, all the way to the top of the mountain but when you reside at the bottom of the mountain and the the, the base is so broad and wide that even if you see another uh, faith tradition over there also trying to make its way to the mountain you're very going to be very easily saying well that's that they're never going to get up the mountain our our path is the path mm-hmm. that leads up the mountain the at the end of the day and maybe that's why uh, brother dave was mentioning that uh, earlier is that uh, the mystics are in all of our traditions mm-hmm. are are the ones really uh, who have brought to their their followers the tools that you know when when the hiking gets really high uh, really hard and and you know and and you're losing you know a little bit of air because you're so you're so climbing to the last few the last few uh miles let's say um but as you as you as you keep climbing those paths will actually lead to the top then you see the other path that because now they're much much more closer than you as the as the mountain narrows and you start to see at that level that actually no it's not just my path that leads up the mountain look at this path over there and this tradition over there it looks like they too are rising to the top they each have their own way to doing it but you can only know that you know when you climb a mountain, you have to clear the, the forest part, mm-hmm. and then it becomes more barren towards the top. You have to move past the forest. When you're still climbing in the forest, you're gonna still believe your path is the only path that goes up. Mm-hmm. But once you start clearing the trees and the forest, then you start seeing, no, it's not actually the case. And so we're done arguing at this point. Mm-hmm. That's where the arguing just stops because it makes no sense. And
3: I'm, I mean, I, I'm all for dialogue, very engaged dialogue, back and forth about different experiences and maybe challenging different experiences in order to grow in community and in awareness. Mm-hmm. Arguing to be right, right is really all about ego yes. and all about Nietzsche's will to power. Mm-hmm. If you claim that you're right about God, then you have the power. And as we've said um, in all the years we've been together, uh, authentic spirituality is always inclusive and not exclusive.
1: Yes, all the religions are a path to a shared, universal. Yes. Yes. So this is
0: obviously not a topic that we can settle (laughs) or fully explore in the space of 27 minutes. But what I'd like to ask you is if somebody from watching this or just from their life experience uh, maybe have had some negative associations or experiences with God, religion, but they're at the point that they'd like to maybe dip their proverbial toe in the water and see if maybe they could rekindle a relationship. What would each of, one of you suggest to such a person?
1: I have many suggestions. <laughs> 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 uh, one is, of course, having very honest, vulnerable conversations with God, knowing that, as I said earlier, God is your ultimate beloved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, many uh, religious leaders tell me they, they have coffee conversations with God, Mm -hmm. and they have some very tough conversations uh, with God. Also, that's one. Another one is to me, I find nature the the way what really opened my heart was this Christian uh, mystic or writer who wrote, you know, uh, oh, Sister Almond Tree, tell me about God. And the almond tree blossomed. Mm -hmm. So that for me is is a beautiful way. Then, of course, there is we talked about silence. Mm -hmm. going into silence. Silence, you know, uh, the mystics say, is not only about uh, something transcendent. It's not even about gods and goddesses. It is a source of gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. We can tap into silence. And one last last thing I would say is among many other things, be of service. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If you are of service, you'll find that you'll experience joy in your soul, which is why I love the quotation by Tagore, the Bengali poet who says, I slept and dreamt, life was joy. I awoke and found life was service. I served and, lo, service was joy. You'll connect with God through service also. Mm -hmm. And pay attention to the times when
3: you felt connected beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. Journal about that. Find a spiritual mentor, a soul friend in the Celtic tradition that you can talk to about your faith journey. Mm -hmm. Somebody who will just listen to you tell your story.
2: I think for me, I would point them um, to or ask them um, where in your life uh, did you experience all mm-hmm. the sense of all a true sense of all and I think based on that i would I would recommend to to follow that experience mm-hmm. you know you can never duplicate that but to to put oneself in uh, in a situation that 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 it elicited for them that sense of awe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, awe is, is really kind of a doorway into spirituality. And it's unique to each. So you just ask them, where did you last experience mm-hmm. that sense of awe? Follow that. That is your doorway. That is your path. Follow the fragrance. Yes. Follow <laughs> oh, the fragrance. Uh, that
1: reminds me of that wonderful saying, Eastern saying, when people lose their sense of awe and wonder, mm-hmm that's when they turn to religion. <laughs> uh, yes, It's really about the institution of religion. But if you feel that awe and wonder, you'll turn to mystery, to divinity, right. to spirit, to the heart of religion.
0: Well, I was fascinated, and this has been a real gift. It's a gift to get your wisdom. It's also a gift to see how you interact with each other on something that often divides people, but it's been evident as we've talked these past minutes uh, how it can draw people together and how it also demands of each of us a great deal of work within ourselves. So Mm -hmm. I thank you each. Uh, It's such a pleasure to be back here in person and I thank you for joining us and hope you'll join us again next week on the next edition of Challenge 2.0. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this program, found our conversations to be informative, entertaining, and thought-provoking, and the vision inspiring of people from different backgrounds who can disagree without being disagreeable. Perhaps you might consider supporting our program with a contribution. Your support will not only help our program continue, it will also support the broader efforts of Paths to Understanding, our supporting parent nonprofit organization.